1: get in the know non-stop vikings talk it's purple daily on score north and scorenorth.com
0: yeah it's great um you know i know not not every team is is on the field quite as much everybody's kind of doing their own thing but it's um having new faces and having having players of of all those guys that you mentioned all their calibers um getting them in the mix early and just just little things, talking before the snap, um, seeing how guys operate. Uh, you know, it's it's little things, but I think it'll add up. Wow,
1: Harrison Smith, little little gun show, little gun yeah, show for the visual God. there. If you're checking this out on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, Judd, we don't need your no, gun show. And I'm not even what's gonna... up, Judd. Th- what's that's up, more, guys? That's more of a super soaker show. It's not a. <laughs> What's I don't up? Know what the Come on, hold on a second is. here. I'm just nope. gonna roll these nope. sleeves up, put, no, put on my down.
2: white helmet, like <laughs> those protective <laughs> helmets they're wearing, and uh, I'll be good to go.
1: Harry the Hitman, still rocking the guns in his thirties, uh showing up to organized team activities. I need to know more about the origin of that name. So someone just so so we've got by the way, Purple Daily, Mackie Judd, Declan. Executive producer presented by TCL. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. Aaron Rodgers with some more juicy comments we'll get to, but we're gonna we're gonna break down the need to know from the early stages of organized team activities. So we've got games, yep. we've got playoffs, we've got training camp, we've got a draft, and then it's like we needed and we've we've even got mini camp, right? It's not a full camp, well, it's a think. mini camp. It's only a few days.
2: Yeah. So and don't forget we we've got a combine as well. A combine. I mean, a combine is all part of the.
1: Yep. So we're pretty good at naming things in the yes. NFL. And then someone said, "Well, what about what about those gatherings that we have where it's kind of practice, but kind of not? Um, it's not full on camp. Well, it, it, is it? Is it just another mini camp? Well, no, it's a little different than that. Well, let's just call it organized team
2: activities, Bob. <laughs> you know, I think the name itself isn't great. But OTAs, it says football.
1: I mean, it's the oh, yeah. sign
2: like, that football is here, right? Right. But football. I mean, we've made it. I think we've if we, I think if we said organized team activities, it's like what, huh? Like doesn't make total sense. Like, so do, do you have unorganized team activities? But when you say OTAs, what do you think? You think pigskin? <laughs> you think the pigskin? Football.
1: Yes. Yes. All right, so a couple a couple things to note here. Let's start here. I'm just going to read you a series of tweets from Courtney R. Cronin, friend of Purple Daily. We'll get her back yep. in the mix here uh, sometime soon. So Daniil Hunter was not at these organized team activities. I'm told she tweets he was not present during the first day of OTAs on Monday. This doesn't come as much of a surprise to the people within the Vikings that I've spoken with, considering it's a voluntary phase of the offseason. It does mean he won't show. Up. Does that mean he won't show up at all in May or June? Potentially, could that change? Sure, but it's not a terribly big concern as of right now. If the NFL Network report that came out the day the Vikings announced his season-ending neck surgery last October about him wanting his contract redone to make him the highest-paid player is the reason behind his absence. That won't shock anyone. Now, does he have leverage? Depends on who you ask. But as of now. I don't expect to see Hunter at OTAs on Wednesday when the media is allowed or at any point the next few weeks. So we know that Daniil Hunter, the, the initial report from Ian Rappaport came out back in the fall. Hey, hey, he's had this neck surgery, but he probably ain't coming back to play for the Vikings if they don't make him one of the highest-paid defensive ends, right? He's on a very team-friendly contract. And then we had the athletic report that came out, uh, a bunch of stuff a couple months ago, Daniil Hunter just... Not happy with his contract. He deleted a bunch of Vikings things from his Instagram account, right? There was clearly some tension there behind the scenes. So how big of a deal, Judd, you've covered, for people that are new to the show, Judd is a longtime grizzled Vikings beat writer, and you've covered many similar scenarios where guys don't like their contract and they skip a couple of workouts here and there. How big of a deal is this?
2: (sighs) All right, so... Let's go back to the let's go back to the springtime when the athletic story and a few stories uh, came out, and it was very clear that Daniel, rightfully so, was not pleased because his contract's terrible. Like, and and by the way, that's his fault. Like, his camp signed a terrible contract. The Vikings, you know, who are very smart, Rob Brzezinski, their cap guy, at some point in time presented Daniel with a lifetime of security, uh, but something that was not in line with being a top defensive end, and you know. In his defense, too, at that point, Daniil was not where he is right now. So they accepted the contract, and now it it falls woefully short for a guy who is as um, good at rushing the passer as he is. He's coming off a neck injury. And if you recall, Phil, in the spring, those stories came out, and I think it was our buddy Doogie on the scoop who said that there had been some type of internal discussion uh, between the Vikings and the Hunter camp. And after that, the angst seemed to quiet down a bit. So. So here, here's my here's my thought right now, because we have not heard really much since then. My thought right now is that, and we've discussed this pretty extensively on Purple Daily, that the Vikings told them, we've got a lot going on here. we got our cap problems. We plan to take care of you. And the thing about it is the Vikings often do. I mean, Dalvin Cook, go back and look. Since the Wolves bought this team in 2005, they usually take care of their, their guys. Now you could say, well, Daniel signed his contract, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? If he's not going to show up, that's a huge wrench in your plans for 2021. Yeah, yeah. So until somebody comes out and says the Vikings aren't playing ball. Because if the Vikings don't play ball, if they tell him Daniel show up, I don't think he does. Uh but the Vikings have been so diligent and so good about rewarding players and, and about being, I guess, in in a sport in a league that's not fair often about being fair that I think that they, I think they're going to come to some type of resolution contractually, probably right before training camp starts. That is going to, that's going to pay him. It's probably going to shift some of the cap hit for 2021 down the road. Um, But I think it gets taken care of unless the Vikings are very concerned about the neck and basically are saying, dude, we just don't know. And that creates, that creates a, a bunch of, other problems at that point. But until we hear or see that I'm going with, he's going to get a contract. I wonder if there would be a way, well, let me back up. Um, I would try to
1: make him happy here. I just, it it is such an important thing to have. The, The NFL is a very complicated and nuanced X's and O's entity in 2021, but you can simplify success in the NFL with two main things the teams that can throw the ball with the most success and the teams that can get after the opposing team's quarterback with the most success are going to win more. I mean that's that's the game in the NFL. And there's a million things that that lead to those things and you need to have, you know, secondary and offensive line and I get all that. But having an edge rusher is no longer like it's a necessity. It really it's and it's been for a long time. Look at Super Bowl champions going back decades like and all the star pass rushers, Reggie White in the 90s with the Packers, and, right? So they they need a Daniil Hunter on their team. Is De'Niel Hunter as important as whoever your quarterback is? Not necessarily, but De'Niel Hunter and what he brings to this team when healthy is one of your most valuable assets. And you know, he's like the 17th or 18th highest paid edge rusher in the NFL. So um you know, if 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 he feels like that contract has run its course, I get that you could say, "Well, dude, you agreed to it." Talk, go talk to your agent or fire him and get a new one, right? Uh, but the Vikings, like Judd said, the Vikings have historically been pretty player-friendly. You know, They they move on when it's time, but when players are in their prime, they, they look to make players happy, and they don't play a ton of hardball with players. Yes, they strong-arm guys into restructures, and they did that with Greenway and Rudolph, etc., but um, I, th- I think they're going to look at him and try to pay him. My question is... Is there a way that they could get him, let's say, top three or top five edge rusher money? I mean, Joey Bosa makes $27 million a year average annual value, which is about $10 million or $13 million more than Daniil Hunter's average annual value. Could you get him up into that 20 to 25 range, but on a shorter term deal with a checkpoint in like 2023 or something where both sides can revisit based on his health? Probably, yeah. You know, like I, I don't think yeah. you're going to get him locked into a deal that, get, you know, gets him like three or four years of ironclad guaranteed money when we haven't seen him play off a neck injury. So there's got to right. be a compromise here. Hey man, we'll get you more money, but you can't, you can't handcuff us as a franchise coming off a neck injury beyond like 2022. So let's let's get you some more money in 21, get you some more money in 22, and then have a checkpoint built into the contract where we can both reevaluate what your, what your health status is.
2: And I think the term of a contract in this league is often tied up in what, what you can do as far as pushing the cap down the road. So I don't think the player would object. Um, the other thing we don't know is what the doctors are saying about his neck, you know, which is, he should be fine. It's great. We did a great job. Or boy, there's some concern here. I, I mean, necks always scare me just because of the sport, but yeah, I, I think until the Vikings don't address this, I'm convinced that they will. And keep in mind, too, so so we can get fooled, and it's juicy, uh, but if a guy doesn't show up for OTAs and the camps, uh, during, the vir- during the virtual OTAs of 2020, wow. Dalvin Cook dropped out. It's like, I'm done here until I, I get a contract. And they clearly told him, we will take care of you, show up at training camp. In, in fact, until he was given the contract to training camp, like he he was used sparingly. So they clearly came to a compromise on, we're we're not going to put you in harm's way, even in drills. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm going with, I think it gets resolved. And I think Hunter's probably happy. And the thing where it's tough here is you have to risk it. If you're the Vikings, because if you think about this Phil, if Daniil Hunter, if you tick him off, okay. And let's say he's like, screw it, I'm not playing. Like all of this work you've done, right? Signing Dalvin Tomlinson, yeah. redoing your secondary doesn't matter. I mean, you yeah. you now you now don't have a left or right end, and we we've seen that before here. You know. There was a long time here where this team was drafting guys, Udeza and Erasmus James, and basically throwing darts at a dartboard. And like, we got to find a guy to rush. And until the Jared Allen trade was made, this franchise didn't have that guy. And it impacted it adversely. So you could do all the work that you want to redo your defense, and they certainly have. But if Hunter does not show up and your your right end remains as up in the air as it is right now, that a lot of that work comes undone. So it, it's on, it's in the best interest of everybody here to get something.
1: done. Yeah. Uh So just to survey the room here before we move on to other organized team activity discussions, would you, would you pay Daniel Hunter Declan?
2: Yeah. 100%. I, I, it's a hard, yes, 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 yep. yes, yes. Make it happen. It's a yes for me, dog.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm taking on the risk and I'm paying him. And I like Jud- your,
2: I like your short term though. Like I pay him, make him rich. Don't lock into something, which actually which actually does make it tougher, like Kirk's contract does against the cap. But I think it's a better idea for him. Um, And, you know, keep in mind, too, if after the 2000 and I mean, I'm not bashing people here being very careful after the 2021 season, if if a certain huge salary cap hit comes off the books. A hunter extension looks a lot more palatable at that point. Mm. Oh, yeah. yes, I, there, Mr. Zona, I'm not I'm not naming names anymore. Oh. I, I'm done naming names. Oh. Despite the fact it's my job, I'm done right. naming is you're your always, It is half your show.
1: You're always so. ripping Eric Kendricks' contract. You're always ripping Eric, contract. Always <laughs> ripping Eric Kendricks' contract. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about
2: it. My my, contem- my contempt for Chris Boyd is just that big. <laughs> uh,
1: these organized team activity notes and uh, and nuggets... Notes, nuggets, tidbits, I guess, if you will, are powered by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Listen, uh, Daniel Hunter is just looking for a little insurance for his career, his family, generations, right? Looking for a little peace of mind. I mean, I think he's got I mean, like, Listen, he's not going to bed hungry. All right. So, you know, this is monopoly money at this point. But I hear him. I hear him. If you're a business owner and you're looking for risk management tools, you're looking for peace of mind, looking to maximize the potential and the success of your business. Federated Insurance is here with tools and people to help you. They're also supporters of local Minnesota sports teams and of us here on Purple Daily and Mackie and Juds. So when you support Federated, you're supporting us. Uh, if you hate us, then all right, well maybe you can just uh, maybe you That's can cool. just help your business by yeah. working with Federated. Go to federatedinsurance.com and remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, a couple other nuggets here for you guys. Uh, Jeff Gladney also was not present at the first day of OTAs on Monday. I'm assuming that the league and the Vikings are still investigating and trying to figure out his legal situation uh, with that awful report. Just the uh, domestic abuse, although it was it was out in public and it happened like in and around a car. Um, So I, I think there's a chance that that dude doesn't play for the Vikings in 2021, but there's obviously still some things to play out there. The other interesting on-the-field note here, I think this is from the Pioneer Press. Offensive line taking shape? In one of the Vikings' videos of the first OTAs of the day, Ezra Cleveland, last year's starter at right guard, drafted as a left tackle, Mm -hmm. was working with the first-team offensive line at left guard. The first-team line was Rashad Hill at left tackle, Put a pin in that for a second. We'll explain that in a second. Mm -hmm. Ezra Cleveland at left guard, Garrett Bradbury at center, Dakota Dozier at right guard, Uh. and Brian O'Neill at right tackle. Worth noting, rookies Derisaw and Davis, not on the first team yet because they're rookies, and it's the NFL, usually these teams will make you sort of have to earn it throughout OTAs and minicamps. You're not just going to plug a guy in in May, right? So this, is, this appears to be headed toward left tackle Darisaw, left guard Cleveland, center Bradbury, right guard Davis, right tackle O'Neal. But what are your thoughts about this first look at the Vikings offensive line?
2: Well, my thoughts are mostly good. I, I, I mean, Hill's, Hill is uh, a veteran who's go- going to be, you know, basically led down the primrose path. Of of course, you're competing with Tharrosa for this job. He's he's a backup, which, by the way, he is a valuable guy to have as yes. a backup. If you start him, you're in trouble. Right. Um, he's a good depth guy. Why Dakota Dozier is still here, I, I can't explain it. But I mean, there's there's mysteries. Dude, I like
1: I, 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 I just symbolically. You can't have that dude on the first team off. I know that you're not putting rookies in, but like anyone
2: but him. Come on. 13 years of Catholic school. I learned there are miracles that happen. And it is a miracle that Dakota Dozier is still on this roster. I don't know (laughs) why, but I mean, you know what? Victor Rask is a top six forward for the wild. So things happen. Uh, But I I love the idea here of what I think this is going to look like on opening day. Dare Okay. I mean, he could be your guy for eight to ten years. Yeah, Love that. Will be. Um, Cleveland, Cleveland going from right guard to left guard makes perfect sense because they clearly liked him at guard, and he played left tackle in college. Bradbury, I'm concerned about. I'm not going to lie. Like this is to me, this is the make or break year. And and they plucked a center from the Texans off waivers yesterday too. Yes, I forget his yep. name, uh, but now so they've got Mason Storm now my guy, Steven Skull, and this guy as backups. So I think they're insulating themselves a bit. I'm not saying that those guys are ideal starters, but Bradbury to me, make or break. Uh, Wyatt Davis, I love that draft pick. The right guard thing, I love. And o- O'Neill's a very solid right tackle. So, like, I do, I do think that for the first time in a long time, they're trending right. Like, I'm sure guys will struggle, but it feels like they're trending. And... and I don't understand, you guys. Here's the one thing I don't get about this whole thing. So it sounds like Zim, after the season got done, went in and said, "I know we, you know, our zone blocking team, which requires athletic, uh, slider, if you will, offensive linemen, but we need to be tougher and stouter up front for you know uh, pass protection." Which he's right, a thousand percent. But here's my question: How did you not watch? San Francisco playoff game a year before he said that and go in and say that. Didn't he also just, I mean, isn't what you just
1: described? Well, we need fast, nimble, agile offensive linemen for his own run blocking scheme, but we also need stout, big, strong linemen. Like, well, yeah, like what are. are In the ideal world, once you be looking to draft guys who are all of those, like then you're just going to draft like the the Joe Thomas of every position. It's not realistic. Yes, you're not going to get all those skill sets in every offensive lineman you find. By the way, this Cole uh, Cole Cabral, I believe is his name. Uh, He was an undrafted free agent out of Arizona State last year by the Rams. Did not play a snap in 2020. So um, he's coming
2: in with no experience. Right, he's, he's not. He's yeah. not competing
1: for a starting job yeah. by any stretch of the imagination.
2: Depth guy, but but the one guy, Bradbury is the one guy I'm really curious about. I think Cleveland's go- going to be fine. The draft picks we'll see, uh, but I like the idea there. Phil uh, o- O'Neill has definitely solidified himself as a very good right tackle. What second round pick now, four years back or something like that. And, and he's go- and he by the way is going to get paid. Uh the Bradbury one to me is the most important one, yep, because the, i I think this is it. like he either turns the corner and and plays beside two pretty good guards who help him and he's fine, or you're going to have to reevaluate who your center is for two thousand and twenty two and if you do that, that means that a first round pick is a complete bust. that's a problem.
1: Now, you bring up uh, your guy, uh, Mason Cole, who you are I, referring to I as Mason, Mason Storm, Storm, one of the great action movie I'll characters. Take, of- I'll take you to the snap bank, Senator. I'll take you to the bank. The snapback. Bank. That's right. Hike. Hike. So Mason Cole, uh, if you if you if you just look at the PFF grades, because let's be honest, we we're not watching Cardinals interior offensive line play on a weekly basis, so we need yeah. to lean on. Speak for yourself, okay? Smarter platforms than me, anyways. <laughs> so in 2020, Mason Cole was the was the starting center for 913 snaps. He was essentially just the starting center all season for the Arizona Cardinals. And he was one of the worst graded pass-blocking offensive linemen in the NFL. He had a 46.1 pass-blocking grade. It was a disaster. And that's the that's the biggest flaw for the Vikings offensive line, too. Now, at guard, he played some left and some right guard in 2019 for the Cardinals. Only 211 snaps, so only like 20% of, of the season's allotment of snaps. But he was much more respectable as a pass protector at guard than he was at center and so that's something to keep an eye on I, I he's a depth guy too but he's an option if you're looking for okay how do we keep Dakota Dozier as far away from the starting lineup as possible right I would I would say that Mason Cole is in that discussion at either of the guard spots but the way this is going to shake out I, I do like that Ezra Cleveland has been moved over because I know that, like you know, we've had you know, Eric Eager's been on, and and we've had other you know smart football evaluators on the show, and we've raised the question. Tyler Fornes, we talked to from Climbing the Pocket. Um, how do you feel about starting two rookies on the left side, the blind side of your offensive line? If it was Darisaw and Wyatt Davis both starting, like that gives me some anxiety. I just not that those guys can't be starting for you, but they're both starting on the left side. Right. Wouldn't it make more sense for Ezra Cleveland, who's at least played a full year in the NFL and has a natural left side of the offensive line background in college? And it, it seems like they are thinking the same way. That that gives me a little more peace of mind if I'm Kirk Cousins, knowing that, hey, glad we got these two rookies in here and it looks like they can play. I don't need both of them on the left side when I'm when I'm thinking about you know getting attacked by the opposing team's best edge rusher.
2: Mm-hmm. And I believe that... At least last year, Davis played right guard. So it makes perfect sense. Like, what what they're doing now for the first time makes sense. I just like the fact that there was finally an edict to get guys that were bigger that could pass protect. Because, I mean, you know what? Here's the thing. If you come to me and say, all right, we're a zone-running team and we need athletic guys, and then you give me the depth chart and you say, who do you think can succeed more if he doesn't get the exact right support? Dalvin Cook or Kirk Cousins. I'm protecting my quarterback. I'm protecting my quarterback and that doesn't mean that I'm that doesn't mean that I'm trying to pull against what Cook does because he's great uh, but Dalvin Cook can create and and if you at least have something Phil that looks like a happy medium between the two as opposed to look at all our little linemen they can sure black for Dalvin yeah. oh oh Kirk's down again. Um, I'm going to protect Kirk. So, So in that case, I will defend Kirk and say you need to give him every opportunity to succeed. And I don't feel from an offensive line standpoint that they've come close to doing that in his time here. This is a step towards doing it. Hey, kids, how's the water? It's full of weeds. I can't move.
0: Uh, Your arms are free, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wave them around. It's fun. you Are kidding me? This can't be happening. This is Jamie from the Aquaside Company. Clear your water completely. Destroy weeds, algae, and the muck that's preventing you from enjoying your waterfront property. We know your time in the water is precious. We're the Aquaside Company. Call 800-328-9350 or visit Aquaside.com. State permit may be required.
1: Amen. So those are the things we learned on the first day of OTAs, I can guarantee you, with uh, media availability out there middle of this week that there's going to be more things coming out but all right yesterday so aaron Rodgers, who by the way just looks like a renaissance man he's got the he's growing the hair what, back out. what happened to the hair
0: is what i don't know man don't know. Is, this, is
1: this what happens to get engaged I ever, i'm i the only one on the show that hasn't been engaged is this is what happens he's engaged to shailene woodley now is this is i is didn't just grow my hair like that things out i don't i don't know man i grew my i grew my hair out to uh
0: Mackey lost hair to the, after. Not to
1: quite to the unguarded right. level of shaving head, but right. it's just like more of a Brillo pad sure. is what I grew my hair out to. Sure. So Aaron Rodgers was on the dishes on your head. Yeah. <laughs> so Kenny Mayne was hosting his last ever edition of SportsCenter Center last night, and he had Aaron. Ro- he had Marshawn Lynch on. He had Marshawn Lynch talking about UFOs, and he had Aaron Rodgers on. So Dex, let's play a couple clips from the beleaguered, disenfranchised Packers quarterback.
0: Uh, Are you demanding with my, a trade? With, yeah, with my situation, look, it's it's never been about, uh, you know, never been about the draft pick, uh, picking Jordan. I love Jordan; he's a great kid. Um, you know, he, he a lot of fun to to work together. Uh, I love coaching staff. Love my teammates. You know, love the fan base in Green Bay. It's incredible, incredible. Sixteen years. It's just kind of about a, a, a philosophy, you know, and. And maybe forgetting that it is about the people that make the thing go. It's about it's about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way.
1: Very cryptic. Very cryptic. He also named all entities associated with the Packers except for front office and of scouting. Of course. Right? Of course. He, he obviously has a beef
2: with Gute Kunst, the general manager. <sighs> this, you know what? I mean, is this going to take every twist and turn that the Favre thing did? Down to going on ESPN to basically totally. hold national press conferences. Brett was doing the same thing with, with Ed, right? At mm-hmm. the time. And now it's Maine in his last um his last show with Rogers. It is just it is uncanny how much Aaron Rodgers is following in the footsteps of a guy who I think he truly for a long time couldn't stand. Let's play another one here, Dax.
0: What really makes an organization and Uh, You know, history is important, uh, you know, legacy of so many uh, people who've come before you. But the people, that's the most important thing. The people make an organization. People make a business. Um, And sometimes uh, that gets forgotten. You know, culture is built brick by brick, the foundation of it by the people, you know, not by the. Not by the organization, not by the building, not by the the corporation. It's built by the people.
1: So he, For the people. Yeah, apparently, For, yeah <laughs> seriously. <laughs> apparently, he used the word people like 14 times in his answers to Kenny Maine. whether it's referring to people like players. So he feels mistreated. It's not about Jordan Love specifically. He likes Jordan, but he just feels like the communication is crappy and Andrew Brandt, who used to... Andrew Brandt was... Was he the general manager or was he the uh, assistant Cap general guy. manager? Cap guy. Yep. So and Andrew Brandt, who does a lot of media, we've had him on the show before, and he and he was part of the Packers organization when Rodgers got drafted, I believe. And he mm-hmm. tweeted out yesterday, and I'm paraphrasing this because I don't have it in front of me, but, but he said, um, the Packers do a wonderful job in a lot of areas, and they are very, very good in terms of scouting and... And development, et cetera, but they do lack in people skills in that front office. They don't think about building a relationship. And apparently, there isn't a point person in that front office that Aaron can sort of lean on, and vice versa, right? So he just feels sort of alienated. Apparently, he went and said, "Listen, if if we're committed, and let's do it, let's do an ironclad contract here. Let's let's have me retire as a Packer." And the Packers are like, "We're oh, just gonna kind of <laughs> go year to year with you. Kind of go year to year." So some of this is. Roger's ego, some of this is the Packers totally misreading how many years of tread he had left on the tires. Probably didn't think he was going to sling 40 plus touchdown passes and win an MVP. And uh, it just feels like it's broken beyond repair. I don't even know if they wanted to do a Hail Mary unpackers like thing and trade for Julio Jones, for instance, which I think they should try to do that. I don't even know that that would fix this. It sounds like it's so deeply personal between Aaron and some members of that front office. That the ship has sailed, and uh, I just wonder. I, I mean, June first is sort of the deadline for when it's a lot less expensive for them cap wise to trade him. So I think we could start to see some actual action in a week
2: from now on the trade front. And I don't think that they will try and trade for Jones. I that so goes against their philosophy, and they've never done that. It's interesting about the, the um, people skills thing that you talked about so when Kevin Harlan's dad Bob was president of the Packers which was the case in the two years that I covered him for the strip uh, Bob Harlan with people skills was phenomenal like unbelievable off the charts he had time for everybody and he was so good I I, I mean if you were the GM or the custodian this guy knew how to sort of embrace you and make you feel important and when Bob retired and and Mark Murphy came in that really changed things because Murphy's more way more of a corporate guy. He yeah. he sees himself as a football guy. Bob didn't. Bob knew his role. He was great at it. Um, Murphy sees himself as, I think, a pseudo GM, which is why he doesn't really have a, I mean, Goody is, but he's really, you know, I, I think he gets told what to do a lot. And Ted Thompson, the late Ted Thompson, also, I don't think, had people skills. Like, I think he was a hard X's, hardcore X's and O scout. And those guys often don't communicate great. And so, yeah, that's the problem here. But the interesting thing, too, is, and you, Phil, n- know this is the case. You know that there are some people inside that organization who are excited to move on yeah. because that's how people are. I yeah. You know, I'll always go, go back to the story because it's true that Jerry Krause desperately was, was really looking forward to the day that Jordan left the Bulls to prove that he could build a team and it wasn't all Jordan. And Jordan got all the credit, and Jerry Krause was – you know, I, I mean, it's been reported, it's been talked about, it's out there. Jerry Krause was like, "No, I can build a team," and I. And when he's gone, I'll prove it. Um, that's how odd some people are, because that's really odd. Yeah, like people. I know that people
1: praise the Packers the first time around because well, they were right about Rogers when you know it was it was uncomfortable, but hey, they found they found the next Hall of Fame replacement for Brett Favre, and so it worked the first time. And, but that in that situation, Brett was like waffling back and forth. Brett had some. Brett was also kind of a pain in the ass off the field.
2: Still, like and Aaron fell to them. That was uh, that was a luck. I I mean, they didn't go up and get him. These guys went out and got Jordan Love. Yep. I guess when when
1: that pick was made, and even though Aaron hadn't been quite the same quarterback for a couple years as he was like five years beforehand, he was still. Bona fide top five or six quarterback in the NFL, right? And it just boggles my mind that with with any amount of time left with a franchise Hall of Fame quarterback like that, that they would be so quick to use a first round asset coming off, I think, a thirteen and three season. Yes, a first round asset on something that that doesn't help that next year's team.
2: Like and that they, would piss me off so much. And I, it, I side with and Aaron. they didn't tell him. That, mm-hmm. That's the thing. I, the Vikings paid Kirk Cousins the respect in the third round of saying, we're going to take Kellen yes. Mond, which they should have done. I, th- that's the right thing. Um, to trade up and then to say, well, some of the draft is odd. Sometimes things <laughs> just come together. Are you, okay, so you're telling me, you, you're really telling me that you made a trade up, what, four picks in the first round to take a quarterback. And until that moment, you were like, I don't really like this Jordan Love guy, but now I do. Like it was all orchestrated. Just call. You've got to, you've got to bring him in. Like, I don't, I don't understand the problem in sports with a superstar player of bringing them into certain things. Do you? No, you should, you should, there, there should just be, not that you have to like, let
1: Aaron run the franchise, but like when a guy's been around that long, he deserves to have either a voice heard or communication open in those situations. I don't know that the Vikings even really owed it to Kirk. Like, it's a third-round guy. You know, Kirk's not a Hall of Famer, but a good organization that communicates yes. well, which you know, you can ding the Vikings for a lot of things, right? They've never won a Super Bowl. They melt in big games. You know, they like, they can't find a kicker. They neglect offensive line. There's all these things that we sit and nitpick the Vikings for, Right. Well, Rick Spielman has been, and Rob Brzezinski, those guys have been really good, and Mike Zimmer at building relationships. Do all of them, you know, do they have perfect relationships with everybody? No, but they know enough to think, well, we don't want that same situation to happen. We don't want to alienate the guy that's our current starting franchise quarterback. And so let's just, it's how hard is it for a position coach to pick up the phone or a coordinator and say, hey, Kirk, just a heads up here. We love you. You're still our guy, but, you know, we this is more about Sean Mannion than you, really. We just need a better, younger pipeline of quarterbacks. Exactly. And so we've got a bunch of third and fourth round picks. We're going to make this happen. We still love you, but just so you know. And here's Kellen's number if you want to get out in front
2: of this, too, and contact him. Like, that's
1: the, yes. that's the way to do it. Yes, and it's you not know? hard.
2: Like, it's yeah. just not hard. Yeah. And for them not to pick up the phone and say, and yeah, it's just weird. I, I mean, that draft was full of receiver talent. The Packers desperately—I mean, Devonte Adams and Justin Jefferson, you know, something like that—unbelievable. So yeah, they—they, they, this is eventually going to bite them in the ass. Yep. And it's going to be hilarious when
1: Rogers hoists a Super Bowl trophy in a Minnesota Vikings uniform oh, in about God. two years from now, drinking can, green Gatorade, and then Kellen Mann oh, takes over. Yep. Look at love that it, one. love it. God. All right, boys. All right, it's a great episode here. Great episode, boys. <laughs> great job. It's fantastic. Nice job, stuff you did a great job. So good. So good. So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, if you do like the show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at Purple Daily and uh, give us a thumbs up on the video. And a five star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts helps go a long way to spread the word about this show. Daily Vikings Entertainment, presented by TCL. We'll see you guys for a Write That Down Wednesday tomorrow.
2: The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.